Our first reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 18. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they do not show good sense. We, however, will not boast beyond limits, but will keep within the field that God has assigned to us, to reach out even as far as you. For we are not overstepping our limits when we reached you. We were the first to come all the way to you with the good news of Christ. We do not boast beyond the limits, that is, in the labors of others. But our hope is that, as your faith increases, our sphere of action among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may proclaim the good news in lands beyond you, without boasting of work already done in someone else's sphere of action. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, for it is not those who commend themselves that are approved, but those whom the Lord commends. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you, as you are able, to stand for the reading of the gospel from John, the third chapter. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he spent some time there with them and baptized. John also was baptizing at Anon near Silim, because water was abundant there, and people kept coming and were being baptized. John, of course, had not yet been thrown into prison. Now a discussion about purification arose between John's disciples and a Jew. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the one who was with you across the Jordan to whom you testified, here he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, no one can receive anything except what has been given from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all, and the one who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted his testimony has certified this, that God is true. He whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has placed all things in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but must endure God's wrath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. So glad to have you here today, a special day as we celebrate our newest sister in the faith, Lucy. And um, remember, 
It is Jesus who said, let the children come to me. So whatever noise and stuff she makes, that's all what Jesus wants. And in fact, no one will enter the kingdom of God unless you enter it like a child. So you can all can make some noise if you want today. This is our sixth week reading through the Gospel of John. If you haven't joined us, there's time to jump in. You can do it simply by going back on our website, stlukesbloomington.org, and listen to each of our Sundays from January 2nd to today and, and to next week, because we have read every verse so far through the third uh, chapter. And uh, then you can join us as we go forward. And what have we learned in those first three chapters? Now remember, this is a text that was written over 2,000 years ago. Some people say, well, what does the Bible say to us now at this time? 2,000 years ago? Hear what it speaks to us today. We have discovered, or we've been reminded over these first two and a half chapters, of Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Do you hear that? Shines means it's ongoing. Did not overcome it means it's done. Through Jesus, the light of the world, darkness has been defeated. And what we see in our world today are just shadows of that darkness. And somebody said, when you stand under the light, there is no shadow. When you walk away from the light, that's when your shadow grows. A great metaphor for us to think of. And then we met John the Baptist early. As he baptized Jesus, he announced Jesus to the world, which we heard again in our reading today. As a Christian, we are called to have a little bit of John the Baptist in all of us. That we should be a reflection of the light of Christ helping others see God and Jesus at work in this world. We met Nathaniel, who when told by another that he had met the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, Nathaniel said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But when Jesus meets Nathaniel, he says nothing about what Nathaniel had previously said. Instead, he greets him and welcomes him not holding his words against him, but finding the best in him. We experienced Jesus' first miracle at the urging of his mother as he turned water into wine at a wedding and allowed the bridegroom to get the credit of serving the best wine for last. All the things that we are able to do because of the gifts of God has given us, God lets us take that credit. He just said for Lucy's baptism, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. May we share the good news at all times. And in the end, Jesus did honor his mother. And we, we saw Jesus enter the temple. He expected to see people praying and praising and thanking God, and instead Jesus saw greed and people being taken advantage of. The temple turned into a marketplace where people were profiting from animals sold to be sacrificed. And last week, we heard about Jesus' relationship with two religious leaders who originally opposed Jesus, Nicodemus and Paul. One kept his faith private, worried about what others would think of him, and the other had a very public faith, busy making Christ known to the world. Everything that we have heard seen and experienced in these first now three chapters were gifts to us. 
the promise of light shining in the darkness, that there is a future and God is with us and evil has been defeated. We can look forward to the future with hope. We have received forgiveness in our baptism. That This is what Jesus has come down to do for us. It's nothing that we can do to achieve it. What did Lucy do to come to the waters? She was simply invited, and as she grows in years, she will grow in her faith as she participates in the life of the faithful community. And that God thinks the best of us, no matter our faults or our failures. I like to say there's nothing you can do to make God love you more or nothing you can do to make God love you less. God simply loves you. And one who honors us, we have in God. God honors us and then encourages us the importance of honoring others. And a God who desires prayers, praise, and thankfulness, not sacrifice. I hope you are here in those terms of prayers and praise and thanksgiving, not because you had to be here. And God who meets us where we are at, treating us all the same, whether we are quiet in our faith or whether we boldly share it. Which brings us to our topic today. Comparing ourselves to others is one of our greatest sins. It brings judgment. It creates division. We almost always compare ourselves to those who are doing worse things in the world, right? At least I'm not as bad as that person is. Can you believe they did that? They're wearing that in church? Come as you are. I once wore sandals. It was hot out and at a previous church that I worked at, and you could see my ankles. I heard about that. And my response was, Jesus wore sandals. Didn't fly. <laughs> we also compare ourselves financially, don't we? Always trying to measure up. Always trying to have more. And then we judge others with that. Oh, you know how much, money they, how much money they're wasting? He doesn't deserve that much money. I'm always one who reads kind of what the CEO makes in the Star Tribune. And then I try to see, what does that person give? Just my own. Father, forgive me. These, these are the lessons to learn today. We need to stop comparing and competing in this world and start living this gift that God has given us. It might seem counterintuitive, but John the Baptist points out the key to being able to do this. He said, he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. We must increase. We, we should help Jesus increase while ourselves decrease. Let God's light shine that gives glory to God. Cindy McNenman, difficult name for me to pronounce, uh, and a blog on crosswalk.com, as I read through this, it spoke to me. She shares how she strives to do in her, strives to put Jesus first in her life. And she confesses, for so long my life has consisted of wanting more of everything, more time, more money, more energy, more creativity, more discipline, more willpower, more motivation. The list continues. What would you add to that? Yet the only thing I really need more of is 
Jesus, and I definitely need less of me. For a long time, I've tried to be equal with Jesus in a partnership. Half Jesus, half me. But Jesus doesn't want just half of you. Worse yet, Jesus doesn't just want an hour of you on Sunday morning. Jesus wants all of you. The great commandment says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and in doing so, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said it himself, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and self. Jesus also said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. But what does it mean to deny myself? How can you and I, like John the Baptist, live by the motto, he must increase, but we must decrease? It means reversing the way we naturally think and act. It's counterintuitive. It means putting Christ in the place where you would normally put yourself. This really is a rebellion of what our world tells us to do. But have we found peace in the world trying to chase after that? Well, Jesus offers a peace that surpasses all understanding. Cindy identified five ways to want more of Jesus and less of you. First and foremost, your identity. We are simply children of God. That is our greatest title that we can have. As she writes, it's easy to find our self-worth in our education, our accomplishments, our titles, our positions. We can even find our self-worth in our possessions, the higher salary, the nicer car, the bigger home, the more successful you must be. But the Apostle Paul said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Our identity and worth must be rooted in the fact that we are sinners, saved by grace. We are adopted into God's family, Lucy, the newest sister in our family of God. We are all orphans outside of this. Beggars who've been given a seat at his table. A reminder keeps us from putting ourselves over God and others and makes us aware that everything we have has been given to us. And forfeit your will for Jesus' will. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? It is spelled out in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This life is not your own. So if you've denied, if you've died to self, there's no more of you, only him living through you. With, with each choice that comes your way, you exercise more of Jesus and less of you when you ask, God, how would you decide this? What would you want me to do? And then the next, fill up on God's thoughts and not your own. 
I encourage us to read through a gospel every year so you hear the story of God and maybe you can not hear so much of the other things that are out in the world that distract us and that lead us astray. We are to be transformed by renewing of our minds so that we can prove the perfect will of God. What fills your thoughts each day? What fills your thoughts right now as you listen to somebody talk on and on? You quickly you know, daydream and you go off somewhere else. What was that thought that interrupted hearing this conversation? What do you focus your mind on to determine if there's more of Jesus or more of you in your thoughts. And then filter your behavior. Here's where we need the Holy Spirit's help. Throughout God's word, we are told to control our speech, our thought life, and our actions as we let no unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, as Paul writes in Ephesians 4. We are acting more like Jesus than ourselves when we live out this word of God. We become the word made flesh, an image of that so that others might know Christ. We'll be focusing on God and not ourselves. We are quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We will take in more information and think more carefully before responding. That is exercising more of wisdom of Jesus and less foolishness for ourselves. Where would this world be like if we actually did that, where we paused and listened as I as the message was last week, we need conversation, not confrontation today. Where is that leading us? Young men are being killed, potential of war, disparity. Let Jesus lead us. And focus on the new you, not the old one. To have more of Jesus and less of you is to realize that Jesus died to make the you more like him. If you've surrendered your life to Christ, you have more of a potential within you to be like Jesus. So live as this new creation. The old you is gone. The new you, consumed by Christ, has come. When Lucy came to this water, she was washed in forgiveness. She was welcomed into this community and she was blessed with the Holy Spirit, a spirit of love and joy, peace and patience, a love of generosity and gentleness and kindness and self-control, all those things we've been talking about. You should see her face as she looks on so intently. May we all have that curiosity and that thought as we live in this new life of Christ. So in the end, the comparison that matters most is how you are growing more and more like Jesus. And don't imagine a world of people living this way where they need an example to follow. And for all the times when we say, well, somebody should do that, maybe it could be you. And instead of seeing somebody and wondering what they're doing in their distress or dismay, maybe we can be a friend in Christ and have that conversation with them, whatever they're confronting. 
So this word of John is over 2,000 years old. But there's a word that is 3,500 years old. And it's the golden rule. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to, do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Let us live in the light of Christ, making his love and his joy and his peace known to all people, offering grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Let's not just think about it. Let's live it in his name. Amen.